reminder, the format is that I will be reading a sonnet I wrote as part of my children's compilation, and then expound on that poem and discuss a little bit. The ninth poem in the series is represented by the gem Sapphire, and it covers Matthew 6, 16 through 18, which is on fasting. So let's dive into the poem. Blue-colored workers work to pay the bills. White-collared workers work so they're not blue. The first, harbor of all our social ills. Second, enforcers of what is taboo. Day will arrive when our Lord comes again, redeeming blues through Saturnalia. No more wanting, no more social plan, all clothed with same sapphired regalia. Time is as fleeting as the passions are, while futures as sure as where our hope lies. In present, then, we each must work so hard. Ensuring passions don't our hope belie. Until day our bridegroom comes to redeem, we mortify our sin, fasting unseen. So this poem basically pits our two social classes of sorts against each other, the white-collar and the blue-collar. And the white-collared workers are, are generally viewed, stereotypically, in our culture, um, as working to make money so that they can, um, you know, have more possessions and things and and a lot of times we think of them as um you know being happy but but also we recognize that a lot of times i mean they're workaholics or uh they're they have high rates of addiction or um you know try to drown out their sorrows and suicide like they're not immune from those problems like a lot of times they they have uh they have serious sorts of issues but they're more masked and so they they are trying to basically mask all of their pain and depression and problems uh, and they do that through work or through the material possessions that they gain through their lucrative jobs blue-collared workers on the other hand are viewed as living out kind of lower class vices you know, they're uh, the dregs of society, alcoholics, they're unfrugal, um, impoverished, uneducated, uh, the, those sorts of things that come along with that. And so the, the white-collared workers are the ones who have the power, and so they're able to kind of determine what taboo means and, and what is looked down upon. And so, uh, I mean, you see that with, with, uh, with the justice system. If you do powder cocaine versus crack cocaine... The one is going to get you uh, significantly different amounts of time in prison. It's going to have significant, significantly different consequences. The cost is very different. Um, and the difference isn't really so much in, in the effects of what those drugs do, but it's more in who's using them. Right? The lower class is using crack, and so uh, that's taboo. Whereas powdered cocaine, I mean, you watch um, you watch any of the... the late night talk show hosts or you know high comedians in Hollywood and they joke about doing cocaine relatively frequently right? that's kind of the the running joke like yeah I mean people in our circles do cocaine so you know, the white-collared workers aren't without their their own problems but they get to kind of define what serious problems are 
uh, and what legitimate okay problems are that we can kind of sweep under the rug and ignore. And we also see this with, I mean, in the Christian community where our, our pet sins are, are very different. We get to define the sins that are, are really bad. So, for instance, um, greed versus theft. You know, uh, I've quoted several times Francis of Assisi who said, uh, he who has two coats um, while somebody else has none, that guy's a, a thief, basically. So he, he's basically identifying greed, right? I have two coats and I really only need one, or I see somebody in need who needs a coat, but I don't give them one of the ones that I'm, I'm hoarding. I'm a thief, essentially. Greed is, is theft. Um, but we don't think greed is bad in our culture, uh, or at least we redefine greed, right? Greed is somebody who has more money than me. I can't be greedy because I don't have as much money as other people. So in the first stanza here, I'm, I'm kind of setting up this, this contrast. In the second stanza, I talk about how when Christ returns, he's not only going to redeem us from the blues, right, which, which here means like the blues of depression and sin, but he will also redeem the blues, right? If you recognize from the first stanza, blue-collared workers, right? So, so when Jesus Christ comes, he's going to free us from depression, the blues, which is uh, you know, maybe more associated with the white-collared workers, but he's also going to redeem the blues, which blue-collared workers are uh, the, the lowly. So this is kind of encompassing both classes from, from the first stanza. And I use this, this concept of Saturnalia because it was actually a really beautiful Roman festival to the god Saturn, for as much as a, a, an idolatrous pagan festival could be. I'm sure there were atrocious things that went on there, but at least some of the concepts that, it, that were incorporated at the core of it was fantastic. So in this, this Feast of Saturnalia, you would have the social classes reversed. So slaves would actually take the place of their masters, and their masters would serve them. And the slaves could kind of demean their masters and say say bad things about them to their face. Um, so it was this it was this complete role reversal, where the lowly were elevated. You know, the the bad part about it was um, it was just a, an exchange of kind of hierarchical structure. So they they still made another class, the lower class for that day, but. Um, you know, that that is a beautiful concept of the lowly kind of being lifted up, um, redeemed, sort of. And Saturnalia, uh, according to a lot of people, is, is the, the festival that was later co-opted as Christmas by Christians. And I know that, that some people kind of take issue with that. And I don't know, I go, I go back and forth on it. Um, I feel like uh, Christianity subsumes culture. If you go back to the Bonhoeffer episodes, I think the subsumation of, of culture is is a good thing. And, and you can always ask the question, uh, are we borrowing culture or are we subsuming it? And that, that's a good discussion to have. But here I'm, I'm going to say that uh, at least this one aspect of Saturnalia is a, is a beautiful picture of the redemption of the classes or the elevation of of the lowly and the the humbling of the the uh, those who kind of put themselves above other people. 
In the third stanza, I go on to talk about how our job is living in the kingdom and to, to live there now, and how the, the discipline and subduing of our passions is, uh, is extremely important. And one of the foremost passions which we need to subdue is greed. And just see the rich young ruler from that. And Jesus talking about how the rich have difficulty getting into heaven. So as we await for our king, who has already come as a baby, we seek to live in the same manner. We mortify our sin, and we live reminding our bodies of our want and need. Through fasting, we remember our, our lowly status, uh, our human needs, our dependency. Uh, we also are able to identify with other, to identify with the hungry, as we experience hunger pains, which in the United States, most of us would never have to experience if we didn't want to. So fasting is a way to, to experience other, to remind ourselves of humility, to uh, forego uh, or to quell our desires, right? Because we have this tendency towards greed and gluttony, which greed is essentially just gluttony of material things. Um, and so fasting is, a, is a, a beautiful way to kind of incorporate a lot of these ideas here. That, that we're talking about. There's there's a lot that I think can be put into that. So I know that it's a it's a small part in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and I've definitely taken some liberties in, in kind of bringing in other biblical concepts into it, but I think it's a, it's a jam-packed idea, and it's an important thing that a lot of Christians don't do. We don't fast, uh, and we don't fast with any frequency. So um, hopefully... That opened up the, the issue of fasting and, and makes a good discussion. So, that's all for now. So peace. Because I'm a pacifist. I say it. I mean it.